Oh, it's bloody fantastic, mate. It's bloody fantastic. This is the guy who will just come, he's going to make us compeers again. He's going to make us compeers again. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Koshcast. It's Bernie again writing solo for the Kosh Boys. But as I do, I brought a guest, Jamie Brackpool at Jamie Brackpool on Twitter. And we're going to talk about Man United's preseason. Jamie, uh, let, let, let's talk about uh, the summer business that Manchester United have done um, so far. Uh, well, before we get, well, why don't we do this? What did you think that United needed to do this window? Well, I think that they, I think they needed to do what they have done, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I think our targets indicate that we're maybe on the right path. I think they needed to tactically. Um, I think they needed to strengthen the right side of the mid or the the field because everything was down the left and it was just so easy to predict how we were going to play. Um, and I think, you know, that, that was a huge thing. You kind of even out the squad. Um, but then kind of the middle of our squad too was very weak center back. We really only have one that I think I can trust um, who's going to be fully fit. Uh, midfield, it's shambolic. Um, and then up front, I'm not, I mean, I'm not too, too worried. I think I don't, I, I'm, I, it's not perfect, but it's, there's only so much you can do in a transfer window. And I think you have to prioritize. I think up top is, it's not perfect, um, but it's kind of, we have to pick our battles. And I think, yeah, right wing, right back, center back, and then a midfielder. I think that's in a dream world, we get all three. If we were to get a striker, I know they've been talking about Aubameyang, but I, I just don't see that ever happening. Um, it would just be incredible if we did get something, a player at the caliber uh, like that at striker. But I think we need to prioritize those four areas. Um, and then if we get those, I think considering that Arsenal haven't really done much, Chelsea can't do anything. I think we have a really good shot at doing top four, not going to get carried away, but um, you know, if, if we do it, if we do it right, mm-hmm. I think we can do it. Yeah, I I feel like for for me personally, center back was a definite definite must. Right back, um, so I'm very happy with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, his, his defensive stats are unbelievable, and some people believe that he's not that great going forward. But as far as fullbacks are concerned in the Premier League, the boy had the most take-ons and most dribbles of any fullback. Uh, I feel like we got into a space where people looked at Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. And how they cross the ball, and they do a great job of that at Liverpool. And Benjamin Mendy when he's fit for City, but there there is more than one way to do that. And and dribbling can be a, an asset as well. So I'm really really happy um, that that one Bissaka has shown that he's capable of that. I think he can only grow. So I'm very happy with that. Well, so he got an assist today. He got an assist today. Yeah. So I mean, say what you want. I, that's maybe not going to happen every game, but he can do it. He can get forward. And, and and you know what's very important is, and, and this is why the center midfield is also very important, that assist came from an incisive pass from Pogba behind the behind the lines that allowed, um, obviously he and, he and um, Wambasaka have developed an understanding. We've seen him talking a lot and Pogba telling him make that run, um, visibly doing that, practicing that uh, in training. But you need a midfielder that can put you in those positions. And you can clearly see Pogba is trying to do that. And you then have an issue of, if you're going to play that way, you need that midfielder. Pogba is that guy. You might need another, in fact, you definitely need another midfielder to do that. And that's where we're light, central midfield. 
uh, are you, I'm very big on Bruno Fernandez. Are you big on him or do you have any other, other ideas of players you want to see? Um, I, well, in terms of the names that we've heard, I, I, you know, I, I wish I could say I watched a lot of the Portuguese league last year. I didn't, um, but I've heard of very good things about him. Um, and we need someone to step in that midfield. I don't know who else really that we would go after. That's the problem. Um, I, I would, I think you're right. We, with the players that we have, we don't, we can't play and win the Premier League. We can't win the Premier League next year anyway, I don't think. But to, in order to compete, you need to have a good midfield. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Fred. I want to give him another year. I think we do give him another year, but we need, we can't bank on that. Pogba, I think, is staying now. Um, again, maybe that's a, a bit premature to say, but like you said, he, if he's talking to Aaron Bissaka that way, make those runs, practicing it in practice. I don't think you do that in, unless you're planning to stay. Um, McTominay, I, I think he should play as many minutes as he can this year. Um, but yeah, we need someone else to come in. And I, I don't I don't really care who it is as long as it's thought out. Sanchez, was that really thought out? No. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I think that's why some of the signings that we've seen, well, we've, we've only done two so far, but Daniel James seems to be an interesting one to me. It's come totally out of left field. Um, no one really knew anything about him. Obviously, we've seen him now in two preseason games and United fans are getting very excited. Obviously, you want to temper that excitement with a little bit of reality and, and, and ask yourself, how good can he be? We'll see. But those types of signings, to me, suggest that the club is taking a different perspective on the window, but are also trying to actually get players that fit an ethos of something that they're trying to put together. And I think that's very, very important, just as you said, because Sanchez, you know, there was no there was no plan <laughs> for oh. signing Sanchez. It was right? to make, I, I, I genuinely believe it was just to sell a couple shirts. I, 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 I cynical enough to think that they didn't really plan on him be having an impact. I think in a dream world, you think he will, but it just, I don't know. But this Daniel James, I mean, I've, you know, being Welsh, I know of him. The only worry is that maybe we only got him because Ryan Giggs said, hey, you should get this guy and we just get him because of that. Uh, that would be the only reason this the wrong way. I think that's the way it is. I don't think Ryan Giggs would make that suggestion unless he truly thought um, he could fit in. Um, yeah, like you said, what we've seen in preseason, I think I think he fits. If we bring in another right midfielder, which I don't think we'll do, I think for him to fight for a place and being Welsh, I would love him to get that experience so he can bring it to the national team. But I don't know how much of him we'll see, but I really want to see him play a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but just kind of ease into it, if you know what I mean, yep. that we've had, who've we've thrown into the deep end. Or, uh, or whatnot, but you know, I, I think we'll see him cautiously used throughout the season. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really like Daniel James personally. I am, I love that our United fans are calling him the Flash, and it's it's Flash season. Uh, I'm a very big fan of that. And yesterday there was a particular play where, um, sorry, so in the Leeds game, which United won four nothing, and obviously it's preseason, we don't look too deep into it, but there was a particular uh, counterattack where um, I can't remember who gave Rashford the ball, but Rashford is 
piling onto the defenders. And then Daniel James basically covered 60 yards in, in a matter of seconds and uh, ended up hitting the post. But if, if that's a sign of things to come in, in preseason, uh, I mean, sorry for the, for the, for the coming season, I am very, very excited. What, what I'm not necessarily excited for is this idea of him playing on the right. We do need a right winger. I can make do without getting one. I think the idea was Jaden Sancho, but that's not going to happen. Uh, I think him playing off the left is what I want to see from Daniel James, giving Martial a little bit of a push. But that right wing, as you said, we do need to do something about that. Uh, there isn't a signing lined up. There are no real rumors. Mason Greenwood seems to be the guy that people are saying should fit that mold. And after seeing him yesterday against Leeds, how do you feel? Mason Greenwood is a very interesting one because he is, like they said, they, he's breaking incredible records with the academy. Um, the only worry I have with Rashford was came in as a striker, was started off incredibly, and then because we had well Ibrahimovic, Romelu Lukaku, he got shifted out to that um, right or left side, and I don't he doesn't necessarily look like he's the the main man up top going forward now. Mm-hmm. Um, this preseason, I think he looks really good. I'm, I've got a lot of good hope because he scored two goals in two games and they both look like natural finishers goals where he's just taken them really well. But if we bring Mason Greenwood in and we play him out of position where the position that he's been developing in his whole youth career, what does that do for his development? So that's the only, the only hesitation I would have about that. I think we need to get him into the um into the lineup um not the starting 11 yet um i think he needs to be again ease into it i think he could be the main man in, in a couple of years up top um it, but it's yeah it's a weird one and i i guess solskjaer knows how to develop that player as well but um yeah it's a weird one i i, I don't want to that's the problem we've had in the past is we've kind of just pushed people into these positions that we need to fill um yeah, I see that midfields I, and he's not that's not where he needs to play you know um so it's it's a weird one I, I do see that and I think he's definitely more of a center forward the only thing I'll say is it depends on what style of play because under Josie Mourinho we had Rashford um you know shove to the wing but the way Josie Mourinho plays he likes to play with a, a big target man there's no real positional fluidity right so uh, you really do become a vehicle to assist the big man, which is not what these guys are supposed to do. Uh, I feel as if under Ole, it's going to be a bit more of how Liverpool sort of play the way um, maybe I would even say, not Barcelona in terms of style, but in terms of intent, where you have a more fluid attack. Um, and I think he picked that up in the in the last few, years where he was playing at United where you had the Ronaldo, Tevez, uh, Rooney type of thing where Rooney's a forward but Rooney would sacrifice himself a little bit but he would get a lot of goals. Um, I, I can see a similar thing where they rotate positions all the time. Greenwood scored his goal yesterday from a central position. Right, yeah. and Rashford was was out wide. I, I I I don't I don't wouldn't want to see it more as a I wouldn't want to see it as a, as a right wing. And this is what I hope. I really hope that if he does do that, he gets to play in a fluid attacking system. 
which would be important to us. I think. Yeah, I I agree, and I I guess you're right that just because he starts on the right doesn't mean the best attacks in the world are able to do that now. So if you're right and Solskjaer is wanting to play that way, which I, I could definitely see, especially now that he has that pace going forward, um, then, yeah, if Mason, put him in because um, he's clearly shown in the youth that he's got the ability to play. And he looked good against uh, Cardiff on that last game. I know he – did he hit the post again in that game? He almost got himself a goal. Um, uh, he deserved one. Yeah, he not he nutmegged the guy, uh, ended another guy's career in the same move, and then hit the post. Uh, so you you can see I'm very much Mason Greenwood FC. I I, I I'm Martial FC, Greenwood FC. I'm hoping this season I'm Rashford FC, but I'm I'm, I'm a very big fan of that boy. So I will hype him up forever and ever. Yeah, I I, I would like to like to see him given his his chance. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about um, uh, center back. Uh, Harry Maguire seems to be, well, it seems to be a thing. We're very, very interested. I think that's now been confirmed by Brendan Rodgers. He said that they, they turned down two bids from two different clubs. And the rumors had always been Man United and Man City. Um, the rumor is that uh, City made a bit of about $65 million and they're not going above that. Meanwhile, we have exceeded that, but they still said no, and their valuation is, is closer to somewhere between 80 and £90 million pounds for Harry Maguire. Uh, where do you stand on Harry Maguire as a player, and where do you stand on the fee? Well, yeah, I guess those are two very different questions, aren't they? Um, I think Maguire... Very good center back, proven himself in the Premier League. I think he would be, you know, exactly what we need, um, but at the expense of of what. Um, and I, it's not just the fee, but it's what the fee represents to me. I think the fee, if we pay that, it's saying, and it and it's proving that we're a club that can be bullied around in the transfer window and. If we want a player, we're going to have to pay over over what the market value is. And I think what we – my – if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or Ed Woodward right now, I would try and negotiate the Maguire deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, okay, well, this is what we're willing to pay. And if they say, no, this is what we want, then I say, okay, well, let's go activate Alderweireld's uh, release clause and we'll we'll do that. And then so long, you've lost your chance to – um, get this player because I mean, 60 million for Maguire, I think that's reasonable. I think Lester would be can reinvest that well. So if they pass that up, then they pass that up. But I think we have to also play tough. And if if we go for you know, bypass Maguire and we say, look, the evaluation is not what we want, and we go and we get what I think would be a bargain, not long term, but I think it suits us, and then that gives us another transfer window to maybe bring in someone else. It just—it seems like a bizarre opportunity to pass up when you're, you know, Alderweireld is is clearly—it's so much cheaper, um, and he's and he's definitely proven. Um, so yeah, I mean that—that's where I would probably stand. I think McGuire is maybe my preference of player, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to look. I don't want Manchester United to be kind of taken advantage of because of the long-term repercussions of that are. Yeah, I'm 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 in a, I'm I am in the camp of sign him. Uh it would be very difficult in, for me to justify 90 million pounds for Harry Maguire. I'm not sure I'm ready for the banter that we're going to get for doing that. Um but that said, 
Uh, is he as good as Van Dyke? No. Um, was Van Dyke as good as <laughs> did, did Van Dyke's game improve or was he always this good? I don't know. But all I do know is 75 million for Van Dyke in I believe it was January 2018 um, when Liverpool did that. That signing to me that that value was crazier than this in terms of we know the market is heavily inflated. Everyone already understands that the market is inflated. It wasn't, it, it was getting bad then, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. That, that was just absolutely ludicrous, although it did work out well for them. We're in a, we're, Leicester are asking for 90 million based on Van Dyke. There was nothing to base Van Dyke's transfer fee on, if if you see where where I'm going with that. It was yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an anomaly. It's yeah, it was an absolute. They were basing that on what fifty million for Kyle Walker or something like that. Like they're worlds apart in terms of how crazy it seemed. It almost doesn't seem as crazy because everyone goes, "Oh, it's probably the same amount of money with inflation for Maguire." But that said, Van Dyke's a much better player. Um, I I can see myself on the uh, aligned with you in saying if they ask for ninety million and they don't want to step away from it, go activate Aldevaro. Providing that Aldevaro wants to play, that allows you to actually groom Axel, so Axel can take over from Aldevaro after a few years. That that can make sense to me, but I'm not sure we're in a position to say no to to Leicester with Harry Maguire. Man United cannot take any more chances. Uh, and this is the best centre-back in England in terms of English players. Um, this is the best English centre-back. I, I think that there are probably... Are you excluding Phil Jones? <laughs> and Chris Smalling. Uh, don't, don't forget about, about Chris Smalling and the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I had this conversation with the Kosh boys and we said, if you have to think about better centre-backs in the Premier League, you probably go Van Dijk, Alderweireld... And that's it. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm scrolling through the teams in my head now, and um, if, if we go through them, Liverpool, there's Van Dijk and Matip, basically, and Matip's not better than him. No. Uh, Tottenham is Vertonghen and Alderweireld and Davinson Sanchez, and to me, he's better than all of them, and maybe even Alderweireld's because Alderweireld's not fit all the time. Yeah. Chelsea, he's better than Rudiger and Luis to me. Uh, Arsenal, he's better than their whole team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't even have to bring Arsenal up. It's, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So I feel like that's it's, it's top three, top four in the Premier League. And Van Dyke wasn't even listed in top five at that at the point that he was signed. Yeah, but again, you know, Van Dyke's a better player, but no one could foresee that. Meanwhile, you can make a case here. I, I won't be upset if we sign him for a ridiculous fee. Um, just have to be cautious about it. And, you know, if, like, like you say, when Liverpool signed Van Dyke for what was a 75 million, everybody was going, well, that's crazy. Nobody is talking about that Fino because it, he's changed that team completely. If we sign Maguire for 80 million, 90 million, and we push and get top three, I think that's, that would be maybe an incredible season for us. Um, is if we kind of tout um, everybody else to get behind and maybe even push them. I don't think that's going to happen. But if we can get to that point where we are really, really serious and it's because of someone like Maguire at the back, 
then nobody really talks about that transfer fee in the end. Um, but does that happen? I don't know. Um, like you said, he's one of the top, top center backs in the league. Um, and who knows what happens when he comes in? Um, I think he's Lindelof is a fantastic center back too. I've got, I really, really like Lindelof. Um, yeah, same here. Partner him the right way. I think that could be really strong. And if you, you know, if it's crazy to think, if you look at the center backs or, or just the back line in general last year, where we had Luke Shaw, who won player of the year and Samat Busby, uh, player of the year, players, mm-hmm. player of the year, Samat Busby, player of the year, maybe undeserved. I don't know. I think he was fantastic. I, well, he was better than most players on the team, which doesn't necessarily mean fantastic. Um, he was, <laughs> he was good. Then we had another center back who was playing. I don't know if we really had one center back who played consistently Lindelof maybe, but he was in and out, I think a bit at the beginning too. Um, and then you have Phil Jones, Rojo, Chris Smalling, Eric Bailly come in when they're fit, and that's not great. And then God knows what's happening on the right-hand side. Every um, single player you mentioned right there, except for Eric Bailly, I hope we sell them. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I, 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 I would be so happy if we just said, look, you're all gone, but I don't think that'll happen because we need some sort of depth yes. um, in, in, in case of injuries. But that back line... It, it's absolutely mental to think that we finished the season prior with the best defensive record. That's it's ludicrous to me that when you look at the players that were on that team, and then if you now fast forward a couple months and we've got Aaron Wambasaka on the right, Lindelof, Shaw, and then you play someone like Harry Maguire in, that's a very, very, very good backline. Yes, in terms of Premier League standard, and I think that completely change, especially with someone like David De Gea if he gets back on form if you put that back four with David De Gea it just you know I don't again I don't want to get too carried away with the season but it it's there's a bright bright light that's shining with if Maguire comes and if Aldo Weireld comes I think it's maybe not as good as Maguire but who knows so if you pay it you pay it um you just maybe look like a fool if it doesn't work yeah, and and you you brought up a very interesting point here, uh, David De Gea. I I think, you know, I, I don't really buy this thing that people say, oh, the performances are bad because they're uh, uh, conflicted uh, due to uh, contract renewals and all that. Um, I think he just had a bad season, and I think after I don't remember how many years he's been here, six years and four Player of the Year awards and all that, and he was the best goalkeeper in the world at least two years ago. Uh, I think he was due for um, for a poor season, but that doesn't discount just how good of a goalkeeper he is. Now, that said, it looks increasingly likely that he's going to sign a new contract that makes him the highest paid goalkeeper in the world. I think that is completely fine. I'm very okay with that. What what I what I do hope is he gets back to his best and he gets back to being the goalkeeper that he is. Because if you do bring in a Maguire and you have brought in uh, Arouan Basaka and Lindelof continues to improve and you just have, you know, a 7 out of 10 to hit, you go back to being one of the best defenses in the league, which is a foundation that you can build on. Um how are you feeling about, about De Gea, especially with Dean Henderson kind of in the midst there lurking? Uh, I think that could be a good thing for De Gea to know that there's this young kid kind of behind him. Behind him. Um, I, I thought it was at the end of the last season when De Gea wasn't improving, 
or, or was uh, constantly making mistakes. I think that was the time to say, Romero, go and have a run. Um, go and just play. Because to me, if you're making mistakes every single week and you get put in the starting 11, that says that you're immune to making to, you know, you're immune. You can do whatever you want and you're going to get a, a starting spot, which nobody at United is guaranteed a starting spot, not even someone who has been our best player consistently for, like you said, six, seven. Well, he wasn't the best at the beginning, but, you know, for the last post-Fergie era, at least he's been our best uh, player. Um, I think maybe a bit of competition with a youngster is good, even though I don't think it's realistic for him to challenge for that number one spot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, David De Gea, like you said, he's he was owed a little bit of time. I think he's had his Manchester United career worth of mistakes in that small two, three-month period. Who knows what the reason was? I I personally did think it might have been something to do with contracts, but I don't think that's just it because a goalkeeper doesn't change overnight like that just because of contracts. Right. Like, things maybe that's something we don't even know um who knows you know Herrera is is really good friend on the team was in the midst of contracts and was potentially leaving who knows if that's something to do with that I don't know um it's you you can't really uh judge a player based on two two months um two three months if if they've been that good for um for so long. So I'm, I'm confident that he's going to come out after a preseason, after summer off and he'll be, he'll be fit. And as soon, all he needs is one or two good games where he's flying. And I think he'll be right back into it. And, and speaking of, of, of two, three months, Paul Pogba was the best player in the world, Ballon d'Or for three months. <laughs> if, if, if you, if you were to give an award out, right. For three months of play, uh, December to March, then you then you give it to uh, to Paul Pogba. He was absolutely sensational, and then he then he bombed just like the rest of the team. He bombed. Um, but that said, he came out a couple weeks ago now and said, you know, I had the best season of my career so far. You know, great stats, but the team didn't do so well, and I need a new challenge. Mino Raiola then came out and said, yeah. Everyone knows where Paul Pogba stands. We're working on a transfer. But that seems contrary to the behavior we've seen from Paul Pogba in preseason. He showed up. And remember, Neymar, uh, Griezmann, and Koscielny, we've seen those three guys not show up for their respective clubs uh, in in an attempt to to get moves. Uh, Pogba went on the plane. He's played professionally actually even seems to be taking up a leadership role forget Ole saying he's a captain he's acting a bit like it now which is in contrast to how I've seen him act before some people think he's gonna he's gonna stay for at least one more year or sign a new contract some people saying he's just that nice of a guy um I don't know which it is but do you think he's staying do you think he leaves what do you think happens what do you want to happen well, I think well about two three weeks ago, I would have said if he wants to leave, let him leave because uh, I don't want a player at the club who doesn't want to be there. I don't know how much him saying he wants to leave is because he wants to leave or because uh, Raiola is putting pressure on him. Because we all know what Raiola is like; he wants to make money for moving his players. Um, that's you know that's his business. That's how mm-hmm. he makes money, and you know that's you know I, I think he's. A horrible person for it but you can't really blame him for wanting to make money right um 
So I, I don't know how much of that's him saying to Pogba, let's you know, say that, say it, say it, say it. And then maybe he says it and regrets it. I don't know. I don't, I, I still blame Pogba for saying that because you shouldn't say that mm-hmm. he's come back and he's, and he's playing football and I think he's great. And like you said, he's kind of doing those things with Aaron Wan-Bissaka where he's saying, make those runs in, I'll feed you. And I don't think you do that unless you have a plan to maybe stay and commit. Um, I've heard rumors that come out and said he wants to make us or he wants to see us make transfers before he, 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 he decides. Um, not that he necessarily has a decision. Um, Manchester United can keep him if they want to keep him. They have no obligation to sell him. Um, and if we come out and we play well, I think he stays. But in terms of do I what I now say, okay, if he wants to go, let him go, I think it's way too late for that now. Because if we three weeks ago say, okay, sell him to Madrid, um, and then he can, he can go, and then we can bring someone else in, it's to replace him now, it's not going to happen because there's no time to find a replacement or to, to adequately scout a replacement and bring the, and do the negotiations because we know how long mm-hmm. that takes at Manchester United. Yep. Um, well, we're and very, very slow. That. Yeah. So I, it's too late to replace him now. I think he has to stay. If we, if he doesn't stay, everything falls apart for me. Now, have you, a, yeah. you have a situation where there are lots of rumors and, and I think they're just rumors. I don't think there's any truth to it about Serge Milinkovic Savage and a potential 80 million transfer. <laughs> We have scouted him. We know Mourinho looked at him. So I think that's – I have a feeling it's just paper talk based on the fact that they're putting two and two together. But that said, if Real Madrid magically found $150 million that I'm not sure they have, but let's say they find it, <laughs> you take that deal and then bring in Serge Milinkovic-Savic and obviously – Bruno Fernandez should come in regardless of Pogba leaving or not. But do you do that deal and then maybe you have a little bit more money left over um, to bring a long staff or someone else? Do you do, you do that? Or if, I'm, if, I'm, if you're Jamie Brackpool, director of football today, do you say, nope, keep Pogba, next season you can go? Uh, if I was the technical director, yeah. I mean, I think... Right now, if I had to make a decision, uh, it's so tough because you have to read the the mentality of the player. If Pogba has got the mentality that he's going to play and he's going to be the Pogba that we bought and we wanted it to buy, I think you keep him. He's irreplaceable. But if you see any doubt in that that he's going to be going, he's not here for the long run, that the performances are going to dip um, up and down like they did last season, I think you... Yeah, you take that deal. Sell him to Madrid. Off he goes. If he does well, great. If he fails at Madrid, I don't care. Bring in uh, a depth to that squad because mm-hmm. you look at you look at um, Liverpool right now, and I don't think that they have a world world class midfielder, and they're fine. Um, it, they're relying on a, a very very good defense, um, attacking fullbacks. Uh, a dynamic front three mm-hmm. midfield is good, but they don't have a Paul Pogba or a, a Paul Pogba at the top of their game. So you can make do with a deep midfield, if that makes sense. As long as uh, they're all committed to their roles, because exactly, you know, Fabinho and Nabiketa are not elite world-class players. They're just not, but there's a commitment and there's a drive and there's an understanding of, of the, of the, the, the positioning and the tactics that, that need to need to be followed. Uh, if we get rid of Pogba is not the type of guy. Pogba is a dynamic flair player. You either build it around him or you get rid of him and you do exactly what you said, which is get those types of committed players that are going to do a job. 
Now, that also relies on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer having the tactical capabilities to give them the right job to do. I'm not yet convinced, although I'm an Ole in guy and probably will always be, I think we do need that mercurial type of player. So I, if it's me, you know, I think you and I are on the same page today. It's <laughs> exactly what Manchester United are doing right now, which is actually increasing the fee to, to make it impossible. I do that this summer and I tell Paul Pogba, look, you have the Euros next year. If you want to sit on the bench and not get picked, that's your problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, last one. Let's talk about Romelu Lukaku. Um, I'm a very, I was a bit of a Lukaku apologist and I kind of still am, but he doesn't want to be here. Maybe even more so than Paul Pogba. Inter Milan, for some scary reason, are really, really interested in this deal. Uh, I think part of it is they're done with Icardi and they, and they look at who they can get and Lukaku seems... Uh, attainable. By the way, Lukaku's a good player. I'm, I'm teasing. He's a good player. But do you want him to stay? Do you want him to go? No, I want him to go. Um, and again, like you said, I have nothing against him. It's just he doesn't... I, I don't think he fits with what we're, we are trying to play or what I hope we are trying to play. Um, we were discussing earlier about the dynamic um, front three. If you've got Martial, Rashford, Mason Greenwood up top, interchanging i think that works really really well and i really i'm excited about something like that i don't think romelu lukaku fits that he's a kind of get in the box big strong physical technical player as well but i don't you know i i could romelu lukaku play in a dynamic front three i think he maybe could we've seen him do well getting out on the wide on the wing and putting in crosses we've seen him getting on um, the end of crosses too, but I don't think that utilizes him to the best of his ability. So if if he wants to go, if Inter Milan are interested, I think you know wish him wish him the best because I, I I really like him um, as a as a person as a as a player. But if it doesn't fit, I think it's just you know best to move on, and especially if we can get a decent uh, fee for him that we can reinvest into the squad. Hundred um, percent, I would say we 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 do that deal. I, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I think it's it's about the style of play. I think he he can flourish with uh, in in another team that the plays to his strengths. But that said, I you know I I've been on this train of him leaving for pre since preseason. But today, this morning was the day. You know, today was the day that I was fully Lukaku out, and I'll tell you why. Someone put posted this clip of Martial. Uh, and, and it, it was Martial putting, uh, creating chances for strikers, and the, the tagline was the strikers put them away. You'd have so many assists. You obviously can't go off these clips, but I watched it, and I saw 90% of the, of the chances that were missed were by Lukaku, and they yeah. were chances that you have to put away. He does score a lot of goals, but he's also not as clinical as he should be because he misses a ton of chances. And the chances that he misses are guilt as chances. I'll never forgive him for the one he missed uh, against City that would have brought it into 2-2. I know Ederson saved it with his face, but he put it right at him. <laughs> you know, and it was yeah, it, you can't, it's stuff yeah. like that. You can't, you can't do that at this level. You just can't. Well, I know, and there's questions asked around uh, um, Marcus Rashford's ability to be clinical. Um, but I think you can maybe excuse him for being a bit younger. Um, I don't know how old is Lukaku now. He's not young, or he's not old, but he's, he's 20, not. He's twenty six now. Yeah, so he's uh, he's as young as uh, Jesse Lingard then. 
<laughs> Jesse Lingard is still a youth player, my friend. No, yeah. no let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. I mean, I think at 26 years old, you have to be putting away chances in the box. You know, you if you get a touch in the box, it's got to be a shot on target, and it has to test the goalkeeper. You know, it's if you're not clinical, you're just you know you're not cut out for it. I guess. Um, you have to bring in someone who's going to take those chances uh, or give a youth player like, and I don't know if we still classify Rashford as a youth player, um, but you give a young striker an opportunity to get a run where they can get those assists. And if Rashford plays like he's been playing preseason, which is only two games against Perth and Leeds, I know, then, um, then I think we give him the chance, move Lukaku on and say, look, here's your chance to be clinical, uh, Rashford, take it. Um, cause yeah, you're right. I think Lukaku's taken, missed too many opportunities this year. And then he comes clutch in games like PSG. So on, on is a real deal, but it's gotta be all season long on, on that. Um, uh, Solskjaer was asked if Lukaku goes, does he buy someone? And he said vaguely, if a player leaves, we have to replace them. Who would you replace Lukaku with of all the people that you heard and we've been linked with? Of all the people we've been heard. So I've heard we've been linked with Aubameyang. Um, I heard Ben Yedder. Um, I'm trying to think, like, Icardi would come in as a replacement. Uh, I, I don't think, want him anywhere near our team. No, I, I, don't, I think that'd be the worst thing that could happen. Um, I think Ben Yedder's quite old, but if he's not a long-term replacement, okay, maybe he can come in and help foster the, the young strikers. I think Aubameyang, if we could get him, that would be incredible because i think he would fit right into a dynamic front three um he's got the pace he's got the technique or uh, the technical ability um but that's so unrealistic i think unless arsenal really really want wilford zaha and they're willing to to sell abameyang to their rivals again um it would just it would be a really bad decision by arsenal to do that i don't and i don't know who else is really being linked to us um in terms of a striker i haven't seen too too many um rumors for that position mm-hmm. um and maybe because people realize that's not our priority i think if and regardless of what solskjaer says i don't think that we bring anybody in to replace him up top if uh, lukaku leaves um well we've seen in, give it to the, yeah, yeah in, in preseason we've seen martial and rashford not playing together uh, we probably will at some point but we've seen martial in both games playing as the top, top striker uh, and I feel always trying him out for that because I, I think Martial may not start. I think Martial may actually come off the bench as a sub striker and have to fight um, with Rashford for that. And especially because we have Alexis, who we'd rather get rid of, but we just can't. And Daniel James on that left, Mason on that right, potentially with someone else. Uh, I think that's probably what we're going to see. But there are. I wouldn't do a Ben Yedder only because I I don't see the point. Um, but yeah, if I were to give a left wing, uh, not left wing, a uh, uh, sort of a radical uh, transfer, I would say just see if you can bring Callum Wilson and let him come off the bench and improve himself. I, I might, I that'd might be interesting. That. That'd be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be. Yeah. It'd be. Yeah. I guess I. You know, if you look inside England, there's um. 
I think we've always really kind of had that Vardy link as well. I don't think we get him. I think he's too old as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't think we bring in a replacement to start. I yep. think we both agree on that. You 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 give it to the boys who are here. I would be interested to see if uh, Martial and Rashford fight for that starting striker position uh, because right now it's being you know forced them both into the team and maybe that doesn't work. Maybe we've learned that. Um, I I actually really liked them when they were playing with the two wide strikers. Uh, we saw that at the kind of the beginning of when Solskjaer was here. If we went back to that, I think that would be really, really interesting to see how he managed to make that fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you get, I I really like Juan Mata. I think he's been a really good servant to the club, um, and he's just signed a three new um, a new three year deal. So there's obviously some intent for him to be part of the squad. And I think make him captain. I'm yeah. okay. I'm yeah, very, I'm ready okay. for I'd that. Be okay with that. And, I'm re- and ready. And I think if you play him in that pen. I think he can do a good job there. Um, that's where we've, where he needs to be playing is in the middle, um, kind of linking up the play. You know, that was the that was the position that Lingard was given um, at the beginning of the Solskjaer uh, time. Uh, and I think if you can rotate those two players, if we're not ready to go to a front three, if we don't have the depth in the squad, I think it gives us a little bit of. Um, versatility up top where we can change things um and maybe be a little bit more unpredictable uh, mm-hmm. but you you also want to have a style and an identity as a team as well i think you can see that in the top teams in england right now they have a style of play that they revert to week in week out um so yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting i think it's so tough to to call how we'll set up offensively yeah offensively i think you we kind of know what's going to go on i think it'll be a back four for sure yeah oh for sure it'll be a back four and manchester united you can't be playing with five at the back um, yeah exactly it just, it just doesn't work so yeah back four sorted if we get the right players regardless of if we get the right players i know it's going to be i know three of those positions um who's filling them the midfield i think we'll definitely see a, a mid, midfield three um, potentially making that a diamond if we play two up top. So it'll be, it'll be. I guess we we'll see more um, in the next week or two when we play Inter Milan and Spurs. Yeah, I think we'll really have a uh, a, a better idea about how this team is going to play competitively against good teams. Um, Spurs, I'm excited to see because I think that's our biggest competition for top three, four this this season. So uh, on on that, let's 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 get your prediction um, for the season. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll start because I think that Arsenal are in a shambles and have no money, and Chelsea have a transfer ban, and Frank Lampard will be fun, but uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, I think we'll, we we will get fourth. Um, I hate saying that because I think we really need to achieve um, more than that. Um, I really don't like even talking about fourth, but whatever. That's that's what I think we're gonna do. Where, where do you reality think? at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you think we land? I, I agree with you. I think fourth place. I think it's gonna be a toss up between Liverpool and City for first. I have a, a weird gut wrenching feeling that Liverpool are gonna win it, um, just because I th- I think City as good as they are, they've got a couple of older players. Companies just left. Aguero is sadly not well actually sadly I'm happy about it but he's uh, in terms of stopping Liverpool I'd like to see him see him um, hold out for another season but 
I don't think he's got the legs in him to keep going forever and ever. So he's going to um, go down a bit in, in terms of form. Uh, but we've always said that, and he's continued to be one of the best strikers in the league. So it, it, uh, I say it every year, and then yeah. who knows, maybe this year it happens, and then Garo Jesus turns into a world-class player. That, that, yeah. would, that would just be like them. Um, but yeah, I think, sadly, I think Liverpool could could do it um, with City behind, but that could interchange. Tottenham, to me, are the the best of the rest in terms of, of teams, in terms of coaching, the players that they have, and they've finally got to a position where they can buy players now. They've Ndombele. Ndombele, wow. which is an incredible... I don't know where that came from. For, was it 45 million? Uh, it's about 60. Oh, is it about 60? Okay, well, yeah. that makes a bit more sense. But still, I think that's that's a sign of intent um, from a team that's not purchased a player in... Like countless seasons yeah like 18 right. months or something 18 like that. months yeah. Oh, yeah so about a season and a half um and then they're selling Kyrian Trippier which makes me think they could have another player or two coming in who knows maybe that's just an offload I don't know but regard even if they didn't sign anybody I think you think they are going to challenge for that top three spot. So now that they brought a player in, who knows what else will happen. I think you have to look at them and say, that's the team we're going to be fighting with. And then I think it's between Arsenal, Chelsea and United for that fourth spot. I just think with the signings that we've made, we look that much better than them. Um, But you also have to consider there's other teams in the league that are Wolves, Leicester, um, I'm sure there's another or Crystal Palace if they keep their players, which you know they've already lost Juan Basaka, but Zaha is a great player too. Um, they've got some other players. Uh, I, th- I think it's a very very competitive uh, league it under is. third place, and it's so hard to call. But I really really think we'll get fourth. But yeah, that's that's me being a Manchester United fan and. Well, you know, this this is why we're we're biased and we're fans. Uh, we we have to say stuff like this, but I I do agree with you. I think with the money that we're spending, and I think I think with the direction that we're going in, uh, we we will get that top four spot, and we will start to kick on. This is my biased optimism, just as you said. But hey, we'll take it. Um, but on that note, Jamie, really really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us on this Koshcast. Uh, I know we had some audio issues, but we worked through it. Uh, we'll definitely love to have you on uh, another time uh, during the season. Hopefully it will be good times at Man United uh, when we bring you on and we're not all just yelling like we were last year. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun just to chat and talk about Manchester United. Um, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite pastimes just to do anyway. So it's, it's great to great to connect. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jamie. Take care. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh, and for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Mm-hmm.